Hey you, welcome to Live with Liv, a show where I get real with friends, entrepreneurs, celebs, artists, and just all around cool, down-to-earth humans who do incredible things. This is all a rerun from my Instagram Live, so please excuse any colloquialisms, silly sounds, or verbal mishaps. Listen while cleaning your room, working out, or taking a drive. I can't wait to hear what you think. Hi! Bye. So I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, of course. You're a legend. Well, maybe to some people. You're an inspiration. <laughs> I mean, I want to start from the very beginning because I know that you did not intend to become what you are today. So please, like, take us on that journey. Introduce us. I can't wait to hear. Sure. Yeah. I mean. When I started, my, I mean, I don't know how far back you want to go, but when I started my Instagram specifically, none of this existed. There were no food accounts. There were no influencers. There was none of that stuff. And I was certainly not smart enough uh, to think that that was going to be a possibility. But I worked in TV. So uh, I worked in sports TV first and then food TV. Um, in food TV, uh, I worked with Bobby Flay. I was his PA. So I was on all of his shows. But I'm producing food travel, food competition, uh, cooking shows. So uh, very similar to what I do now. Uh, I just started the Instagram account just to give myself something to do between shows. But then it took off. And I was like, all right, well, this is fun. And I get to kind of keep doing what I like doing, um, but make it a career. So there's definitely no thought put into it. Uh, but then just sort of maneuver it as the world grew around it. Right. And so how did you know or, or were you planning on leaving to pursue this full time? Or how did that occur no uh i was on the road for a while like three straight free travel shows so i just needed a break from tv and first place have like some followers but even then there's no influence in worlds no one was really making money it wasn't like that <clears throat> i was just like oh, i'll play for, for my plan was like a month and a half maybe because it was near the end of the year and in tv there are you don't really get that many jobs in december um <clears throat> so it's like oh, i'll do it i'll go back to work in january but I felt, and this is a year and a half into Brunch Boys, or yeah, just about. Um, but then the account started to like explode, and that was right when people started to make money, and people were just like, "Oh, this could be a thing." And I was like, "All right, well, might as well try this now." Like, I never quit my job because TV is always gig to gig freelance anyway. Um, so my I, my idea was just to take a break, but it just exploded, and I I never went back. Honestly, I, I I got more busy with it than it was like just making money. Um, but yeah, so again, there's no thought put into, I'm going to quit my job to work on Instagram. It just happens. Right. And I think that's sometimes the best way and, and the most authentic way to make things happen is you don't expect it to become a thing or anything. And it just kind of goes and you run with it, yeah. right? That's mm -hmm. life. Okay. And so a lot of people are looking to build up their followers and to get engagement. And that's a question that we got asked a lot, which is, how did you do that? How did, because there are, like you said, so many different food blogs out there. So what makes you different? Well, it was easy at the beginning because there weren't other food blogs out there. I happened to have one when it became a thing. So you obviously can't right. replicate that. But I think in general, it's the things that I think about from day one. When I think about this morning when I woke up, it's like, well, how am I going to be different? What am I doing that's going to make someone want to follow me? What am I going to make? Like, why? When, again, like when I get those those messages from people starting a food account, they're asking me for their opinion on stuff. My first question is like, why? Why do you want to do it? And why do you think someone would follow you? Generally, they don't have an answer for it. And it's like, okay, well, if you don't have an answer for it, no one else is going to come with the answer for you. So, so that's the first thing is like, okay, well, how are you going to stand out? So I'll just use myself as an example. All right, I'll focus on brunch. Great. There you go. Easy. Okay, well, I'll focus on videos because that's my background and it's better for A, the algorithm, better for like just to stand out more and just a visual level. Okay, you're the video account. All right, now everyone's doing videos. Okay, well, IGTV launched. And honestly, I like doing long form videos anyway. Great. Now I'll be the IGTV account. So it's always just trying to stay ahead of the curve and stay different work. And also at the other and then on the other flip side of it is just like it making sure it's you. When Instagram started, when influencers started, <clears throat> food account started, it was very much not about being you. Because that mm -hmm. wasn't a thing. But very quickly I realized the value in it in that someone else could, someone else can start a brunch account, they can make videos, and they can do a better job of it than I can, probably. But at the end of the day, if people follow me for me, 
no one can copy that. No one can copy being you. So if it's your perspective on it, however you want to accomplish that, then you're uniquely you always. <clears throat> that was like very articulate and amazing. <laughs> I want to record that and spread that all I've over. Had, I've had five years of practicing that answer. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And, and I like how you gave us your why as well. And it is about staying ahead of the curve. So can I ask, are you on TikTok? Are you going there? You're going there? I love, I love TikTok. TikTok is a new challenge mm -hmm. uh, for me because it is a very different audience with very different expectations. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm slowly building stuff there. I've, I've learned that it's a mix of totally new content. Because basically, like, I'm on YouTube, too, and I was trying to grow YouTube. But the difference between content on YouTube and Instagram is generally just time. I could produce the same stuff. Um, aspect ratios, little things, and little tweaks here and there. But generally, I could produce the same video, just make it longer on YouTube and make it shorter on Instagram, and that's pretty much the split. So what are you doing right now? Because as we know, restaurants aren't open. What's the deal? Has that hindered your creativity? What are you doing? I wouldn't say it's hands my creativity. I think it, it forces you to be more creative. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think majority of my content is restaurants and travel, and I can't directly do that. Um, but then it's it's coming up with, with new ways to to create content. Then, so I mean, part of it has been a small part of it has been. Listen, I have six years worth of videos of restaurants that have shot all over the world, repurposing that content into new ways. It's pretty easy. Um, certainly ordering in and, and showcasing food that way because restaurants are still open. So showcasing right. them that, that I'm enjoying them. Um, cooking more um, just because I feel like cooking more, more than content wise. So if you're going to cook more, I might as well shoot it. Um, yeah, just trying out different things. Like just doing some live cooking stuff that I then like edit it down. Um, I think it's forcing me to be more creative, which is fun. Like the restaurant stuff is always exciting because I love restaurants. I love chefs. I love food. But when you do the same kind of video day in and day out for years, you kind of get bored with it. And I was honestly getting bored with it. So a, a new challenge is exciting. Right. I found that a lot of people and entrepreneurs have found this time to be a great time to reflect and figure out like what path you want to go down. And if there is new content you want to try out, maybe you didn't have time before because we had events and this and that. And now that you're focused to just sit with yourself, it's actually a time that you can be grateful for. Right. Um, okay, so do you like eating more or do you like cooking more? I like eating more. I, I cook a lot <clears throat> generally, but I cook the most like basic, healthy, simple things. Like if it has more than two steps, I'm not interested in doing it. I mean, I like cooking for others, but I live alone. So I'm like not gonna go crazy cooking. Like I, I cook the same things every single day. I cook like eggs in the morning and salmon at night and like it's just, salt and pepper and basic 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 it's a routine um so that i certainly like yeah i certainly like the enjoying restaurant food mm -hmm. and in terms of you know collabs with brands or restaurants is there a certain echelon or niche of brands or food product or restaurants that you will work with and will not work with because i know for a lot of fashion bloggers, for example, they will refuse or shut down, you know, teeth whitening companies for whatever reason, because it doesn't align. But how do you find that alignment with a food brand? Um, I think my job is to make it work. I mean, if I know, if I don't care, like, or to take example of teeth whitening, which I had literally the day before lockdown or whatever it was, it just happened to have that appointment. Um, if I didn't care, Mm -hmm. about having teeth whitened or I didn't want it or whatever, then no, I'm not going to work with them. Right. I happen to white, to want teeth whitening. And great. You know what? I drink a lot of coffee. People see me doing it every day. I eat a lot of food. And I was more than happy to talk about getting my teeth whitened. It aligns. Um, right. And, and I think anything. I think like, I mean, rest, restaurants, obviously, I can pick whatever I want. Brand-wise, they come to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, I always tell people like, I say no way more than I say yes to brands because it has to, what do I have to say about it? Who are they? What do they want me to do? Mm -hmm. I would say it's a split 50-50 between like food and drink 50 and then the other 50% being anything else. Like the example I always give is like the first ad I ever sold, uh, I don't know, five years ago, whatever the hell it was, was the Bumble. They were launching Bumble BFF and the campaign was like, go find a friend to go bring to brunch. So like you would think on the surface, like Bumble, what happens to food? 
No, like everything, you just tie it back to who you are. And again, like if your account is about you, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter. You can talk about as long as you're passionate about it, you can talk about anything. So and okay, so going back into your history, your personal life, how did you first get your internship or one of your first internships, your first job? Like, what was that pursuit like? Uh, my first internship was with a well, we can talk about internship a job. It was the same summer. Uh, I was right after freshman year in college. So, well, I had high school internships, so whatever. My first actual college internship, um, I worked for a professional lacrosse team called the New Jersey Pride. Um, so I went to NYU, and a big thing of NYU was taking advantage of being in the city. This happens to be in New Jersey, whatever. But, like, taking advantage of the fact that you have the resources at your fingertips. Or, I don't even know how I found them. Uh I certainly was not a lacrosse fan and had no idea they existed. So my guess is that NYU had something up. So I went through my college and I found it. Um, And then my first job was that same summer. uh, I worked at Circuit City. I took my resume and I just went into retail stores of things I knew about. And I knew about Circuit City things. And I walked in there and they hired me. (laughs) <laughs> and did you have an end goal? Was there like a passion of yours? Were you like, I want to make it in the TV industry? Or were you just thinking about kind of putting food on the table? Uh, at the time, uh, I was studying sports management. Anyway, there was no thought to TV yet. Working there actually opened up my eyes working in TV. But the idea was like, what can I find in sports that would make sense? So working at a lacrosse, professional lacrosse team where they were literally three full-time office employees let me do everything like i was in charge of i was in charge of social media when i talk social media this is in 2006 so that means i was in charge of their myspace page that i started for them um but i did everything i ran on field so i was part of ticketing i was part of marketing i was part of pr i was part of social i was part of whatever i wanted to do because there's only three people that work there um so that was more about just finding your your space there because i was Oh, 19 years old, however old I was. Crazy. And so what advice would you give? Like, what would you tell your younger self? And also, what advice do you have for people who are looking for jobs and internships right now? Because you clearly went down a path that you never could have. Yeah. You know. I, I would say in general, I don't know what I would tell myself, but I think in general, the two things I see is, yeah, don't have, like, I think, like, let life give you experience, like, I studied sports management because I applied early admission to NYU. So when you're 17, when you're 17 year old boy and you're asked, what would you like to study in college? Of course you're going to pick sports management. Like it's a silly thing to ask someone that, but then like, sure. And then I found my way into sports TV and then I realized I don't want to be in sports at all. But I, I mean, it did a lot there, uh, but it was like, maybe there's something else. But then the other thing I would say is too, is like a lot of, a lot of what I experienced now is like more what I read about it than just seeing here is like, I worked for free forever. I was an intern forever and it made no money forever. And I think there's this weird expectation for kids now graduating of like, well, I have to make money, I have to do this, I have to do that. I'm like, you could get there, but like, don't just stick your nose up at something that's unpaid. Like, that's insane. I didn't even imagine getting paid for internship. Or was I abused? Of course I was fucking abused, but like, I don't know. <laughs> You're going to be abused <laughs> at every level of your life. You might as well get used to it. So take the job, get your experience, make connections, work your ass off. And people notice that if you work really hard, then you get noticed and you could move up. But you start at the bottom. Don't, you shouldn't have this expectation. You shouldn't start at the bottom. And what you said, listen, I went to NYU. When I was a PA in TV, which I did for many, many years, my job was to take out the fucking trash and drive trucks around and carry stuff. Was I happy doing that? No. But did I do it with a smile on my face? Did I work really hard at it? Of course, because that's what you do. Right. I, I can understand. I interned for Jill Sander for one of my interning summers and lived in a closet and got lunch at 5pm and would leave crying every day. And (laughs) that was life. I think Lee wasn't crying every day. But I will. One thing I would do is uh, they would I, what I learned was that if I went on Starbucks runs for people, <clears throat> they would generally tell me, one, get yourself something to drink, two, yes. um, keep the change or something. So they'd be like, give me a 20, and they'd be like, hey, get me like a whatever fucking drink, get yourself something, just like keep the change. So I'd make like $7 that day, and they'd be like, cool. I mean, it's a supplement, though, but that's why like internships, like you shouldn't be working a full schedule anyway. 
So like, that's why I worked at Circuit City. Like I wanted money. So great. Like during the, during the, the days or whatever my schedule was, three days I worked in interning and the other four days I worked at Circuit City and it made money. That wasn't right. that much money either, but like that was my way of making income. Right. It's really interesting. And do you find that with the interns that you've had recently or a year ago, do you find that they have that same mentality? And did, how did you pick up that mentality? Have you always just had that grind in you? Uh, the ones that I hired certainly did, but I will say that from going, posting at every single college, you would think it'd be easy to get people to apply. Mm -hmm. I almost get no, I get no applications. A lot of people tell me they're like, no one's going to work for someone that they're not offering anything. And I'm like, I, I mean, like if I paid you that I'd, for what you're asking, like I'd be paying you more than I make. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think so. I think like it's, it's a need to work hard and I don't, I don't want to make it like an age thing. I don't think that's, mm -hmm. it is a huge generalization. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I do always feel like this is a, that's again, like going back to why you would stand out and how you would stand out. Working hard is a way to stand out. Not, listen, I went to NYU. It's a very prestigious college. No one pretty much be, beyond my first couple internships, no one ever asked me where I went to school. I mean, if they did, it didn't really matter. It's like, oh, you went to NYU? Cool. It, it just, it doesn't matter. So don't right. walk out of the thinking because you went to NYU, you're better than anyone else, you know? Agreed. I've been telling people that when I look at resumes or, or have in the past at different jobs, whatnot, like it literally doesn't really matter where you went, what you did, unless you're a doctor or a lawyer, you know, right. really matters. Like, yeah. if you're applying to be in marketing and you don't have a personality and you can't look me in the eyes and you can't shake my hand firmly, even if I'm a girl, I really don't care. Like, shake my hand and look me in the eye. Like, I, you know that sets me off. So I think it's like, maybe don't focus so hard on getting a straight A's at Wisconsin and focus on networking and having internships and getting your butt out there and sending random DMs. That was my approach. I mean, when I was in NYU, I certainly did not worry about getting A's. Uh, I worried about networking and working and interning and doing everything else I could other than worry about my grades. I mean, I worried a little bit, I guess, but like, right. I don't want to fail. But I realized very quickly, I'm like, an A or B, I'm like, what the fuck's the difference? Especially when I knew, like, I didn't want to go to, I didn't want to go to grad school. I was not going to be applying for jobs at all that mattered with my GPA. I mean, I'm sure they asked what GPA was, but again, like, you don't want to fail, but a, a B to an A, what is the difference? <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. And I was like such a nerd in high school too. Then I got to college and I decided, you know, we're going to do B's live because we're going to do B's and we're going to have a great time and we're going to get life experience. And that's awesome. Exactly. Amen. <laughs> You're my new BFF. Um, <laughs> we'll meet up in the city, but Okay, so I know we're running out of time, and thank you so much for being on. I want to end off with something. Um, someone said, food recommendations for New York City, number one. And number two, what can we expect to see from you in the future? I'm sorry, I was reading the questions. What was the first part of that? The first I was question the was yeah. from Harry, and he said, he's coming to New York in September. That's my birthday, September 1st. Come wish me a happy birthday. Um, food recommendations and then my question is what can we see from you in the future what can we look forward sure. to sure uh food organizations is always the hardest question because like new york is so big it depends on what you want and what you want to where, where you're going to be where you want to go what you want to eat generally some of my favorite places um i love gato i love sunday in brooklyn i love llama inn mm -hmm. uh i love pig and cow i love speedy romeo if you're going to be here for, if this is your first time then you got to go some classics I would go Joe's Pizza. I would go Fico's for an Italian uh, uh, sandwich. I, I mean, there's endless. And New York City's endless. If you've heard it, right. So that's worth it. For the future stuff, um, I have a lot of projects that were now on hold uh, that I hosted. Because hosting isn't really a goal of mine, but it's fun. So I did some stuff for Food Network. I did some stuff for um, MSG and Lexus here in New York. That stuff should be coming out. I was hosting stuff for Pix11. <laughs> about restaurants and that's on hold um so at some point those things will come back mm -hmm. 
what goes down must come back up. So that's exciting. <laughs> that's really cool. And, you know, I just love talking to you because you're a prime example of you just go and you work hard and you see what sticks and here we are. So that's it. I'm super excited and thank you for being on Live Live and for talking and anyone who is into food, eating, or just life itself, please go follow Jeremy at Brunch Boys. Yes. <laughs> and thank you so much for being on. Of course, thank you. Awesome, I'll talk to you soon. I'll see you. Okay, bye. All right, so that was really fun. So right now we are going to go live with we are flick all right here we go keeping at it hey Hi, what's up how are you good how are you i'm so excited to get to talk to you please talk to us introduce us i'm looking for a charger but i hear you <laughs> okay uh hi i'm michelle i'm the co-founder and ceo of flick stands for the female laboratory of innovative knowledge what we do is we're a platform that connects female founders and leaders with students from all across the world. So if you're a female student that wants to work in any types of disciplines, any types of in innovative industries, and you need a mentor and you are looking for career experience, come onto our platform at weareflick.com. And you can definitely find a really cool mentor there. Um, literally like people in fashion and tech and AI, uh, ac literally across industries, I don't even know. We have something like Forbes 30 under 30 women who are super, super cool, like for example, Kim Kaup, like she's in New York. She works with Justin Bieber, ASAP Rocky on all of their memorabilia. And like John Mayer, like I remember the first time we met her, she was just like, oh yeah, after I meet you, like I just have a, I just have a meeting with John. And then we're like, oh, who's John? And she's like, oh, you know, like John Mayer. And we're like, yep. That's <laughs> I insane. Totally know <laughs> yeah, so it's really cool. And you get to meet like amazing female mentors who are super high caliber and our students are amazing as well. Incredible. And so talk to me, like, take us back because I know we're, you're 23. I'm 21. You're 21. Okay. <laughs> and you started, so just tell us about how you came up with this idea, where you started out. Is this where you wanted to be? And then tell us a little bit more about your company. Okay. Well, I come from like a super traditional family. I was like six or seven or eight years old when I got one of my first gifts was like a stethoscope and a stack of Baron's anatomy cards. And it, and my parents were just like, okay, Dr. Quag, like have a good time. You're going to be a doctor. And I remember just being six years old and being like, okay, I'm going to be a doctor for the rest of my life. Like I, I remember just th thinking that I wanted to create a positive impact. And the only jobs that I knew were doctor, lawyer, engineer, accountant, like business person. I didn't mm -hmm. even know what business person was. And doctor just seemed like, oh, that's the way to create impact. Right. Um, and so my dream was to work for this nonprofit called Médecins Sans Frontières, and it's like Doctors Without Borders, so you can go every, across the world and create impact, and I was like, global impact's going to be my thing. Um, and then I remember going into university and being like, I'm in this medical science program, I don't know if I love this. Um, and for the first time, being away from my family and being away from like a lot of external pressures, I was thinking for myself for the first time, and when I didn't really go to class and like I did, I ended up doing a lot of other things I started um I helped start this series of events across North America that highlighted Gen Z social entrepreneurship mental health and we partnered with like Disney Headspace Uber like Bumble a bunch of these brands to create all these events and that was really cool to me I helped start a marketing agency with one of my friends we started uh, doing marketing for small and medium businesses across North America and all the while I was in medical sciences. And um, it just, I, I just realized that that just wasn't my priority. My priority was finding all of these other areas that I was super, super interested in. So even though I was in school, I remember this one time, one of the events that I was creating was in San Francisco and it clashed with one of my medical science labs. And if you miss a lab, you fail the entire course. And so you can't graduate. I remember going to the professor and being like, I just have been working on this event for months. Um, I'm on the core team of this event. I need to go to San Francisco during your lab. I'm not gonna be coming, I'm not gonna be going to medical school next year, I decided. <laughs> is this okay? Like, can I skip this lab? And she just thought it was hilarious. She thought it was freaking hilarious. She's like, oh my gosh, that's so funny because everyone in this program is super, super intense. They cut people out every single year and everybody wants to go to med school or dental school. 
And she was like, that is the first time I've heard that. Yes, I'll, I'll let you skip this lab. You can redo it in another section. And she never let anybody do that. And at that moment, I was like, I know this is my priority. My priority is trying to create large social impact on a large scale globally. And I didn't know what that was going to be yet, but I ended up getting into this program called um, Next36. It's a startup accelerator, like a, a couple thousand people apply and they take 36 young high impact entrepreneurs across Canada and wow. you all move to Toronto together. You live in an apartment together. Um, you get co-working space together. You, they fly in like professors from Harvard, MIT, Georgetown, uh, and they teach you business. They teach you finance. They teach you entrepreneurship, e economic strategy, like all of these things. And they accelerate you to become an entrepreneur. I got into this program. I didn't tell my parents I had applied. They, they thought that I was uh, studying for the MCAT all summer. And instead, I was working at this marketing agency. What? Uh, I was, yeah, I was still doing medical research. So I did medical research at BC Children's Hospital in gastroenterology. But it's in the not what you wanted department. to do. But it's not what but you wanted. I had to do that so that um, your parents they, they, would be happy. Yeah, they wouldn't get mad at me. Um, and it was interesting, but it was, just wasn't what where my heart was at the time. And so I didn't study for the MCAT that summer. And instead, I told them, like, I, I remember sending them a text. I got the email saying I got into Next36. I sent them a text. One, I switched my degree so I can graduate early. Two, I got into this program. It's called Next36. Here's the website. Three, I'm not taking the MCAT. I'm not going to medical school next year. What did they say? Oh, the family group chat blew up. Like, they were so pissed. <laughs> and they had no idea where it was coming from. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't right. know what I had been doing for, before. They were like, oh, my God, are you dropping out of school? Like, this is unacceptable. What are we going to tell our friends? Like, for months, they still told their friends that I was going to medical school. For months, they told them I was still in medical science. Um, until they saw me go into this program and it literally transformed everything that I thought I could be. It was the first time that I thought I could be an entrepreneur. I didn't even know what that word meant. Like I was like, I can start my own business. I'm not a Bill Gates. I'm not an Elon Musk. I'm not a technical founder, but I can start my own business. Hey Mel. <laughs> wow. um, and then, yeah, so it was crazy. Um, and so I ended up in this, accelerator I was randomly room with this girl I had met her two years ago um in, in a media production agency we'd been interning together but we we never crossed paths we crossed paths once for two hours for an event um and she had never accepted my Facebook request <laughs> and she ended up being my co-founder that's Ravina <laughs> she's so wow bad. yeah she ended up being my co-founder which was amazing and we set out and found female founders and mentors together okay. so we both created a list of female founders that we'd love to meet. Like I was super interested in sports and marketing. She was into like the UN and policy. Um, and we created these lists and we looked at each other's lists and we were like, I don't know anybody on your list and you don't know anybody on my list. And that's ridiculous. But we looked at each other's list and we're like, Oh, they're all cool women. Like let's, let's meet them. And um, we were, we were like, how do we meet them? And the only way that they would randomly have a chat with these random two girls from Canada was we, we created a website, we incorporated businesses in 48 hours, we sent we made a cold email template, but we personalized every single email to every single female founder and mentor that we wanted to talk to. And we were like, we, we want 30 minutes of your time, max an hour, we'll interview you, we'll create a video for you. It's free content. And we just want to publicize your story to lift um, communities of entrepreneurial women and show off to young women that this is possible and to and to just like show stories of true success of female founders that we never got to see when we were younger I have chills um, <sighs> okay. yeah and it was it was literally just like a media company at first and we just thought let's just do this as a side project mm -hmm. and then what so. <laughs> and then it spiraled like we we were doing it as a side project we were both working on different ventures at the time I honestly don't even know what we were working on but we weren't co-founders we were just like we're friends just doing this um and we went out and interviewed all these female founders we got to go to New York and interview like female founders in New York and then we came back and interviewed founders in Toronto and then in Vancouver and in Calgary and like all of these places and it was so amazing and as we were publicizing all these stories, 
the young people who are watching our stories were like, how did you meet these founders? I didn't know women were, there were that many women entrepreneurs. I didn't know that women um, were in tech, that they were creating companies in AI. How do I meet people like this? How did you meet people like this? And so we started thinking like, there are so many female focused communities out there, but there's barely like a tangible outcome. Um, it's a lot of like, it's great, you know, it's great to have like female focused communities where people can come together and talk, but there's rarely like this tangible thing that you know, you're going to get out of it. So we right. were it's, thinking, right. we were thinking like, how can we facilitate connections between female founders and these young female students who are so eager to meet these people, but make the value prop great for both? How can we make it a tangible outcome for both people? And as we were talking to all these female founders, the biggest thing was that they lacked resources and capital. We couldn't give them capital, but we could give them resources. Um, me and Ravina were both like keeners when we were younger. And we, were, we would go and meet people and we would offer like value to them in any way. And we know that there's so many other women out there who would do the same thing because they just want to learn. And had I not gone out and like created those opportunities for myself to learn from these mentors and founders, like I would never be where I am today. So we started thinking like, there are so many female focused communities out there, but there's barely like a tangible outcome. Um, it's a lot of like, it's great, you know, it's great to have like female focused communities where people can come together and talk, but there's rarely like this tangible thing that you know, you're going to get out of it. So we right, were thinking, right. we were thinking like, how can we facilitate connections between female founders and these young female students who are so eager to meet these people? but make the value prop great for both. How can we make it a tangible outcome for both people? And as we were talking to all these female founders, the biggest thing was that they lacked resources and capital. We couldn't give them capital, but we could give them resources. Um, me and Ravina were both like keeners when we were younger. And we, were, we would go and meet people and we would offer like value to them in any way. And we know that there's so many other women out there who would do the same thing because they just want to learn. And had I not gone out and like created those opportunities for myself to learn from these mentors and founders, like I would never be where I am today. So we were thinking we can directly facilitate connections between these female founders who really need help on their businesses and these students who are super, super qualified, might not have a ton of career experience, but really need mentors. And so the value prop became clear. Um, and we were like, how can we make this tangible? Uh, so we thought, let's make an apprenticeship portal. People from all over the world can apply to be part of it. They get verified and the founders can browse the apprentices. The apprentices can browse the founders. They can all choose opportunities and people that are a great culture fit, a dream industry they would want to work in. And for the founders, it's like they want to mentor someone that resonates with their story somebody that they can see themselves in and for the students they want to see somebody that looks like them that's had the same background as them that they can resonate with and they can potentially see themselves being in their positions in the future um and so that's how that happened <laughs> i am rarely speechless and that was like such a journey that you just took us on so thank you that's incredible and so what's the difference between apprenticeship and internship and is there a certain age that you have to be? Because I know that a lot of people probably watching, they are they either lost their internship opportunities or their jobs. Like, what's the age requirement? What's the difference? Okay, so typically internships are very, very structured opportunities and you're doing like bottom of the chain stuff. Um, and so for us, it's really important that these become meaningful connections and meaningful relationships. So first of all, the apprenticeship, you get one-on-one -on -one time with this female founder and usually internships you're like managed by somebody who's like three years older than you. Mm -hmm. um, apprenticeship, before you enter an apprenticeship, you create your project. So it's something that you're directly interested in, a skill that you want to learn, a project that you've always wanted to create, ah. like an industry that you're interested in. And you choose them just as much as they choose you. So it's not like, we talk about this a lot with our founders and um, it's really interesting because we've heard from a lot of founders that they're looking for a thought partner. They're not looking for just like another ant to carry something along, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're not looking for a virtual assistant, which just like a lot of interns just happen to be. And at the same time, these apprenticeships aren't as high commitment as an internship. It's like you can dip your toe into an area that you've never thought of before, an innovative industry, 
and also getting a mentorship out of it. So it can, it's only like 10 hours or less a week. It's based on whatever you want to do. It's a super flexible opportunity mm -hmm. and you get to have this career experience and work experience on your resume. Wow. That is incredible. And so how many founders are there and how many apprenticeships have you placed? Um, we've, we've placed over 200 and we started in January, mid January. And this we have, past January? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, we have over 450, I believe founders who have applied and on the apprentice side over 860 today. And I'm soon to be one. Yeah, so excited, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so happy that we connected as well because, like, that's the beauty of social media is that I never knew this existed. And, like, we had this phone call and I'm like, hello, and this girl gives me this story. I'm like, we have to speak about this publicly tomorrow. Um, so I'm really happy to have you on. So what are some of the founders offering as a print? Like, who are they? And is there an age that you have to be? Because I know there are a lot of high school girls, college girls watching. What's the kind of regulation involved? Um, okay, so the founders, I can't even put it in a box. Like these women, you cannot put them in a box. They're all over the place. Uh, there's founders in AI creating like ed tech. There are Harvard grads who are creating like the next fitness app of the century. There are... <laughs> honestly I'm not even kidding like I don't even I can't even tell you everything that's on here um there are people who are working with the top celebrities there are people who are doing like PR for people across the world if you look up for example we just um put in a search function and just for fun we looked up Obama <laughs> just to see what would come up okay. and there are two people who are directors of the Obama administration on our platform who are now female founders like it's actually insane i can't tell you what's on here there's just everything and you didn't even know about it no we will we i mean i i remember reading one of their applications and being like oh that's so amazing but then just being able to search it and seeing that there's like multiple people who have worked with the obama administration in high up positions and are somehow on our portal is so amazing to us Right. Um, and right. in terms of the eligibility, okay. there's really no eligibility. We've, I mean, it's more who you are as a person. And if you're an ambitious person, if we see something in you where it's like, we know that you're going to put 110% and you're looking for a mentorship, you're looking mm -hmm. for to better yourself all the time. And it's not just something that you want to slap onto your resume. Mm -hmm. um, that's really just what we're looking for. And if you have a passion um that's yeah it's it's not we're we're not putting age restrictions on any of this stuff because there's no age restriction to learning and every single person has an expertise no matter how old they are um but obviously if you're under 16 we can't take you because of legal reasons but okay. for, but for sure if you're 16 and over please apply there's no age restriction to learning that is the best quote of the night Thank you. <laughs> Anyone listening, I'm going to be posting that. That is great. And you know what? Actually, my first internship, I worked for a small little company. You may not know it, but it was called Peloton. And, no way! And they were a startup, and it was, I was in the Short Hills Mall, and I was 15. And I recently actually ran into the founder on the West Side Highway on a run, and we started running together, and I actually told him about this. But so I can tell the story. I was 15 and they said, we'd love to hire you. I was so motivated. I was passionate. They only had one store. It was crazy. I was a freshman in high school. And I said, please, 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 mom, please, please, please. And she said, listen, as long as they want you and they're willing to do what it takes, sure. The only issue is the age restriction at the mall to work was 18. So I actually lied for three years oh, no. <laughs> to work for Peloton. And it was such an incredible time. And I was so grateful that they didn't see an age restriction issue and that they were willing to sacrifice because learning really does not have an age and anyone can learn and anyone can put in the work. So I love that. You know, what really bothers me is when people 
say that young people just don't have the experience to do something because mm-hmm. no matter what age you are, you have some sort of expertise that the next person doesn't have. Right. Um, I remember growing up and people, and I, I had like huge dreams. I'd be like, I want to literally change the world. I, I want to, I want to cure cancer and stuff like that. And people would be like, haha, that's so funny. But I would genuinely believe it. And you never and know. You like, are. But you people, are. But people can do literally anything. Like, uh, I don't know that much about TikTok, but my 12-year-old cousin knows way more than me and has told me so many things that I didn't know. And TikTok is the next wave of marketing. So everybody who's making fun of that, like, stop making fun of that because that 12-year-old can teach you something. Um, the same way that people who know history, we were like 60 years old, can definitely teach you a lot about history and the way that like the stock markets rise and fall because that's something that we need to know right now, right? So it's like mm-hmm. you should never, you should never discriminate um, where you get your information from or who you network with because no matter who it is, the same age as you, older than you, younger than you, they have something to contribute. And so, where do you see the future of Rear Flick or Flick? going and what are you hoping to achieve this year what's the deal okay let me tell you my big dreams because what we're saying is that big dreams are okay um (laughs) well so what we're looking at is we definitely want to globally expand we are in 20 over 23 countries right now but we didn't actively go and search for these people we want to be able to have the cultural competency to understand like what each country needs and be able to deliver that for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially like high potential under-resourced countries like India and Africa. Like we really want to go there and help women who are already stimulating the economy, but don't have enough resources for that. Um, We want to be able to get enough funding so we can go to under-resourced areas, places that might not necessarily have like the best internet connection and be able to, lift a lot of those women and facilitate those connections with women who do have the cultural competency to be working in um, like small to medium businesses in those areas. So first, like that global understanding and not just expanding globally, like in a standardized fashion. I feel like a lot of companies do that, do that and say, let's just globally expand, do the same thing everywhere, copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste. But that's not what we want to do. Like, Unfortunately, we kind of have to do that overall encompassing thing right now because we don't have the bandwidth to do that. Mm-hmm. But definitely being able to understand each country's needs. So that's like the first thing with this apprenticeship portal, which is probably going to take at least five years to get there. And then we want to build a venture arm. We want to be able to walk with the apprentices from the first time they step into through Flick stores until they become a founder. Um, a lot of the apprentices that we get on call with will be like, I didn't know that I could be a female entrepreneur. I didn't know that women were entrepreneurs until I met this female founder. And she, everything she says, I feel like I can do one day. And now I want to start a business. Um, I remember our very first event was at UBC, University of British Columbia in Vancouver. And this girl, um, during the Q&A session, she stands up and she goes, I'm at, I actually don't usually do this, but I just wanted to say that this is the first time that I've seen four female founders in a row. And now I think I, I want to be a founder. I don't, I, I have never thought this about myself before. I didn't know that I could do this, but I want to speak with you guys because I, I want to see how I can get there. Um, so we definitely want to be able to continue facilitating these connections through the apprenticeship portal. And as these apprentices grow into people who want to start their own businesses, we're able to fund them. Uh, even if it's like, micro loans or something like we want to be able to give them the funding they need to even get that like little start up Mm -hmm. uh just the way that like for example spanks like she started with i don't know like five thousand dollars or something even something like that can help uh and go a long long way so we do want to do that create that venture arm also be able to like a a smaller venture arm for apprentices who want to start their businesses and then of course a venture arm that's like a true like early stage venture fund for our founders and then we want to create like co-working spaces, like comprehensive spaces that are tailored towards majorly female founded teams. Um, we, we've been speaking to a lot of entrepreneurs who are moms and they, their productivity goes down a lot because co-working spaces aren't built for women. Um, and right. co-working spaces aren't built for moms in particular. 
So for example, my, my, my co-founder is really, really passionate about this, but like building a daycare center and having like babysitters that are there and you're able to go and see your kids and make sure that they're okay, but you know that they're fine. So you can go and work in a space. Um, spaces like we work are, they, they were built with like men in mind. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, oh, come, our value prop is that we have beer. Uh, and like, that is great. Like we work was great. We have, we have worked there before, but <laughs> if I were a mom, I could not. Right. It, it's right. like, people are yelling all over the place all the time. I can't really bring my kids there. If I'm having a meeting, what am I going to do? Um, and having like places where you can go like and breastfeed your kids, you know, there's so many, yeah, the, exactly. Like the wing. Um, there's so many, there's so many things that people don't think about. And we don't right. want to be exclusive to only females can be here, but we it, it will be like a comprehensive space where um, majorly like two thirds female founded teams can move in their companies there so that their companies can, and their people can feel safe. So those three, uh, those three areas of having that apprenticeship portal, that VC arm, and then this co-working space globally one day will be kind of the comprehensive dream for us. Add into your point about female founders, Here's the issue that I have. The issue is that it's, I get called a girl boss a lot and you probably oh. do too. And it's like, I want to, and I want to work with you to get to a point where it's not about being called a girl boss. Why can't we just be called bosses like everyone else? And why does it have to be a female founder? Isn't being a founder just as impressive as being a female founder? So there's so much stigma attached to all these words. And I don't mean to be all politically correct, da, 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 da. But I really do feel as though, like, it's cool. Like, for example, if I were to be like, oh, um, let's say I had a name that was Olive, because that's just like, it could be a guy or a girl. <laughs> Olive is a founder. Okay, is Olive a guy founder? You assume when someone says Olive is a founder, what do you picture? You picture a guy. Like classic say, Elon Musk, like Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg. Right. When I say, um, you know, Olive is such a girl boss, you're like, okay, that's great. She's a girl boss, but like, she's... I, I don't know why, but I feel like when people say girl boss, everyone automatically has a vision in their mind. Right. Um, and it's and it's accidentally become this like, oh, she's like a girl boss. <laughs> right. And listen, at the same time, though, and I hear my mother in my head, so I don't know if, if she's even watching, but this is what I hear in my head. I hear, oh, hi, Sam's dad. I hear it's cool to be a girl and it's cool. But at the same time, I do feel that we should get to a point where you say Olive or Liv is a boss and you're like, oh, great, cool. And it could be a guy or a girl and I, it, does, it wouldn't matter and it wouldn't have anything attached to it. Um, so I think that's something that you're really working hard towards. No, so, totally. It's, that's it's just like, yeah, no, totally. It's just tough because like when there's no equity in the space, that's why we mm -hmm. made it. Um, like a female founder, female student type of platform, right. not that because we wanted it to be exclusive, but because we need to cultivate those safe spaces where people can create those meaningful relationships that will lift people up. Um, right. I, I remember reading this article by Wired. It was like, women need to need to network differently than men. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. It's just like whenever we go, when, when my co-founder and I would go to all these entrepreneurial events, all the guys would, would just flock together and be like, oh, the guys are like drinking, the guys are like drinking beers. And I'm like, I can also do that, you know? Right. Like, why? Um, or like, I, I remember when we were all uh, it, just like creating relationships with everybody and the guys were all like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll run ball together. Like we'll all play basketball. And I was like, you know, I play basketball too. And they were like, really? Right. <laughs> and I remember them thinking like, oh, she's probably not good. And then the first time I played with them, they were like, oh my gosh, like, where, do you play varsity? <laughs> and I was like, right. no, like, I just have played before and I don't know why you didn't ask me before to play. Right. <laughs> and it's just all of these like previous stigmas and relationships and, um, and women just have to be able to find those other women that are very like them and lift mm -hmm. them up just to create that equity and it's not to create right. an exclusive space.
Absolutely. And it also like, it's cool to be a girl and there's no victimization attached. Like I am so psyched. I'm psyched to be an entrepreneur and you're psyched to be an entrepreneur. And that's just what we are. And there doesn't have to be any gender disparity that comes with it. It's just cool. And it's cool to lift people up and it's cool to be hustling. And that's that at the end of the day, whether you're yellow, green, orange, or boy, girl, in between whatever you want to be, it's cool. Um, so I love that and it is really inspiring what you're doing and I can encourage every single person on here to go on your website. It is free to sign up and um, I think founders do have to pay, right? Because you have not, to but not during not during COVID nineteen. We're gonna oh. make it we're trying to make it accessible as accessible as possible. So during COVID nineteen it's going to be free. We just won a, a ten thousand dollar grant. Thanks to my co-founder who got that for us. <laughs> um, and so we're going to try to make it as accessible as possible for, and it's always going to be free for students. Like for students, this is a practical education that you need. It's really difficult to find this type of career experience. And that's what we both encountered. So for students, like it's always going to be free and we're always going to come be here to support you. I have chills all over my body and that only happens when it's a really good thing. So you won the chill award. And also I think, you know, it's great because it's a digital apprenticeship. So, or virtual. So yeah. like I could be working with someone in Spain or someone in Spain could be my apprentice or, you know, I think there's such a, an exchange of cultural values that we can have and, and such a community that, that you can create just internationally amongst women and amongst different industries. Yeah, so you know, it's crazy. Um, so we, we get CC'd on a lot of emails and when people are talking to the founders that they want to work with and this girl from Spain was speaking in Spanish to this founder in, uh, in the States and they, at first they spoke in English and then she was like, oh, do you speak Spanish? And they're like, yeah, like I speak Spanish, do you speak Spanish? And then so <laughs> they started communicating in Spanish and me and my co-founder were like, oh my gosh, this is so international. <laughs> and I was like reading, I was like, oh, this is crazy. Like people are speaking different languages because they're connecting on that other level, even though they're in completely different countries. Ay, por eso podemos hablar en español. Si quieres, podemos hacer este también. Sí, nosotros podemos hablar en español juntos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, you know, I know that we weren't supposed to go past 8 o'clock, but I just want to say thank you so much for being on. I'm blown away. That was <laughs> sick. Wow. Thanks for tuning in to Live with Liv. Remember to be kind, be you, and take risks. Life is better when you just go for it. See you next time. Liv Schreiber.